welcome to the Bankster Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Padgett. Every episode, we dive into what I call the central verse. It's the incredibly fascinating and ever more consequential world of central banking. This is episode 26, The 12 Cities, Part 1. I'm excited to dive into one of the defining characteristics of the Federal Reserve System. It's the decentralization of power across the country in the shape of 12 geographical districts. On the next two episodes, we will take a look at the 12 districts from two perspectives. The first, on today's episode, through the lens of U.S. currency. And the second, on the next episode, we'll take a look at it through the lens of history. So, on a different note, though, the podcast in general is going to go through some transitions over the next few weeks and months. I'll be announcing the changes in an upcoming episode, uh, but for today, suffice it to say that I am very excited about the upcoming changes, and they're the result of many months of preparation and thought, exploration, and, well, basically, it's a result of the research that I've done in the central verse. So I'm excited to share it with everyone. It's in the pipeline. It's getting close to making that transition point, and I will keep you posted as that gets closer. But for the short term, the next couple of episodes... Well, they may be a little bit shorter than usual. And then again, I do find myself uh, saying that at the beginning of a lot of episodes, and then I end up covering enough material that it turns out about a normal length anyways. But, oh well. Be on the lookout for future changes in the podcast, and don't be afraid to send in your feedback about what you've liked and disliked about the podcast so far. It's almost a year in coming that we've been doing the Central uh, Banking Podcast, the one and only in the podcasting world that I've found. And I'm really excited about the next phase, the next chapter of the Bankster podcast. But without delay, let's jump right into part one of The 12 Cities. If there's one thing that interests everyone, without exception, it's money. Now try and think about a part of your life that hasn't been affected by money in one way or in another way. See, I tried and honestly, I couldn't come up with a single part of my life that isn't influenced in one way or another by money. For better, most of the time I hope, but occasionally for worse as well. All relationships, all organizations, charities, everything in the sun, every activity that you do, money is involved with it. Um, But physical money, the stuff that is in your wallet and in your purse, which, by the way, it's not made of paper, but rather it's made of a cotton and linen combination, which is why it can survive when it goes through the wash. So sometimes, in fact, the first time I wrote this out, I wrote paper money, but that's not true because there's our money's not made of paper. But we'll call it physical money or currency on today's episode. So this physical money It's probably what you think of when you think of money. However, as of January 2017, the amount of currency in the economy is actually only about 10% of the total amount of money in the economy. And if you think about it, that makes sense. Think of all the money that you have in your purse. Now think of the money that's in your bank account. The physical money is such a small portion of the total money that you have. It's the same in the economy. Now, to loyal listeners of the podcast who were with me from the beginning, or for those of you who have gone back and listened to the early episodes, one of the first topics I, could, I covered concerned the relationship between the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve. 
the episode came after the announcement by the Treasury Secretary that the next iteration of $5, $10, and $20 bills would feature portraits of civil rights leaders and early women's rights leaders. Now, quick reminder, this is how the money gets to your bank. Okay, four quick steps. Step number one, every summer, so here in a couple of months, the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve send in an order to the Treasury Department for how much currency they will need printed for the following fiscal year. Step number two, the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, a division of the Treasury Department, will they then print the physical money. Step three, each Federal Reserve Bank then orders specific amounts throughout the year, depending on the need in the local district. And finally, number four, your bank or credit union, who has an account at the Federal Reserve, well, they can come and pick it up. They can withdraw cash from their account, not unlike how you can withdraw cash from your checking account. The Fed's not giving out money, just like your bank, unfortunately, is not giving out money, but you exchange that electronic number that shows that you have money in your account and the bank gives you physical cash. Works the same way for banks at the Fed. That's why the Fed's known as the Banker's Bank. Now, there are hundreds of features on those physical notes, those physical bills that you pick up and that are in your wallet and purse. But today, I actually want to share with you just one feature. And it has to do with those 12 districts. It's a fun one that I learned a few years ago. And I think about it literally every time I get a new piece of cash. Now, this specific feature, well, it's applied at stage three in the process that I just described. So remember, step one was the Board of Governors telling the Treasury how much cash they're going to want next year. Step two was the Bureau of Engraving and Printing actually printing the physical notes. And then step three was the the each Federal Reserve Bank then orders amounts of cash that they need in their district. And the Bureau of Engraving and Printing adds an extra little piece. Um, this distinguishing characteristic is a letter and a number on the far left side of all of the notes. The number corresponds to one of the 12 districts. And the letter next to the number, well, it's simply that letter in the alphabet. So A goes with 1, B goes with 2, C goes with 3. And those each line up to one of the 12 districts. So for example, A1 is Boston, B2 is New York, C3 is Philadelphia, and so on and so on until you get to L12 for San Francisco. So when, uh, on a different example, for when the Chicago Fed orders cash to be shipped to the Chicago Fed and then distributed out to the banks, it will have a seven, a G7 printed on that money. So now, if you haven't already, you should pull out your purse or wallet and, and look at the cash you have. Chances are, especially if you live in a college town or a big city, your purse will have a whole range of bills from all over the country, all of possibly many of the 12 districts. It's always a fun reminder to me when I get change back and see where in the country the currency came from, that our economy is wide and very interconnected. And uh, the only exception to this rule with the number and the letter is that the $1 bills, especially the older ones, and some of the other older currencies as well, they only have the number. For some reason that I haven't been able to find in my research, they don't include the Federal Reserve District letter that corresponds in the number on the $1 bill. But that's your fun fact for the day. 
So every time you get a new bill, you can think of the Bankster podcast and how our physical money represents the interconnectedness of our country's economy and the fact that our country is divided into 12 districts, each with a Federal Reserve Bank city. On the next episode, we will dive into the history behind the choosing of the Federal Reserve District cities and some new research that has come out over the last few years analyzing the decision-making process. There has been for decades speculation, well, actually almost the full century since the Fed has existed. There's been this speculation about political favors and all sorts of conspiracies about how the districts were divided and how the cities were chosen. We'll talk about what we know and what we don't know in the next episode. As always, feel free to drop me a line with comments and questions about the Centroverse or the Bankster Podcast at my email address, alexander at thebankstarpodcast.com or on Twitter or Facebook. At the website, you can sign up to receive the show notes to every episode of the Bankster Podcast. Today's episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Alexander Badgett. I dedicate this episode to those printing our money. Can you imagine watching millions of dollars go by you every single day? (laughs) Anyways, thanks to all of you. To the rest, to my listeners, thanks for joining me in this progress. I'm Alexander Bradgett, and I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast.